Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Hasek. I played goalie because of Dominic Hasek. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. I am Dwayne, the co-host of Two Goalies, One Mike. Uh, after a thrilling 5-4 to four victory by the Buffalo Sabres in a shootout after a highlight reel goal from Jack Quinn, but a game that really should have never gotten to a shootout because Buffalo, once again, blows a three-goal lead late in the third period in the final 10 minutes. Um, inexcusable. Um, I don't care what team it is, whether it's Tampa Bay or the Detroit, I mean, they're both very good hockey teams and, uh, y- you can't allow yourself to get, your- get into those situations, um, playing very undisciplined hockey, great penalty kill on the two man advantage at the end of the third period to preserve at least a point and then getting it to the shootout about Buffalo essentially dominated the three on three overtime. They were the much better team. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, what can you say? Uh, you know, they were resilient. They got a huge lead. Um, they dominated. Craig Anderson came up with some big saves. You know, goalies take a lot of slack uh, on Sabres Twitter. Um, yeah, you might want that five-hole goal back, but at the end of the day, Craig Anderson made a handful of saves that maybe he shouldn't have, including that uh, two-pad stack windmill glove save, which we'll revisit here in a little while. But, uh, again, good effort good game from Craig Anderson. I don't care again what anyone says. Um, stood strong and made the saves, uh, made the timely saves when you needed him to. Um, especially there after, you know, they did tie the game. He made a couple big saves there with a scramble in front of the net. Um, uh, when we were killing, uh, both penalties there at the end of the third period, um, he stood tall and, uh, to a big game from Dylan Cousins with two goals. Um, and, uh, Jack Quinn able to seal it, uh, in the shootout. So. A lot to cover here, um, but also excited to cover it because we are talking today about a Sabres win. So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, 5-4 victory by the Buffalo Sabres over the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they have now outscored the Red Wings, I believe it's 12-7. to I believe we won the first game 8-3. to And uh, no, that'd be 13-7, to sorry. 13-7. to And... Uh, Goals tonight coming from, as I said before, 
Dylan Cousins with two goals. Um, other goals coming from Matthias Samuelson getting his first of his NHL career. Uh, just throws the puck on net and finds a way through Ned's uh, six hole. That's what we call this area here, uh, the six hole. Uh, it's a goalie talk right there. And then Jeff Skinner continuing the hot streak with a goal as well. Tage Thompson with an assist. Jack Quinn with assist. J.J. Paterka. Craig Anderson with a huge assist. Uh, I believe, was it on, I forget, was it one of Dylan Cousins' two goals maybe? Um, yeah, yeah, it was a shorthanded goal. And Darlene with two assists as well. Uh, Detroit uh, goals and points um, coming from Oscar Sundquist. Another big man in the NHL, uh, comparable to that of uh, um, Tage Thompson. Uh, Jonathan Berggren um, with a goal as well. Uh, Dylan Larkin with an assist. Uh, Jordan Osterley with an assist. Andrew Kopp with two assists. Philip Hornick. Hornick. I know they pronounce it Ronick on the podcast, but Hornick or Ronick, I guess, with two assists and other assists going to uh joseph valeno um ned did not look good very good in that tonight 30 saves on 34 shots uh craig anderson um with 41 saves on 45 shots so a good night from craig you know only so much you can ask from your 40 41 year old goaltender so uh again just um the first two periods from buffalo were great you can't complain they uh they started off slow Gave up uh, an early one nothing lead. Battled back with a goal from Dylan Cousins on that shorthanded attempt off the uh, the play from Craig Anderson up the boards. It's a big heads up play from C- Craig. Maybe he didn't know that uh, that's you know Cousins was going to be shot out of a cannon and just H U S T L E in the words of Rick Janaret on one of his famous goal calls from the past. Uh, but just out also the the Detroit defender and got to the puck and slipped it uh, five-hole on uh, Nadeljevic. Um, terrible goal for him to give up. And then, again, uh, later on, uh, getting his second uh, second goal of the game was uh, another just a blistering shot that found its way through the six-hole. Actually, was it the six-hole or did he just beat him clean? I can't remember. I think it was Samuelson's goal that beat him to the six-hole. I, I, I can't quite remember. You can see that in the highlights later. Um but again, you, you you get you build that lead four to one with uh, a go, that goal from Skinner after on the power play. I think it was on the power play where Tage Thompson absolutely annihilated that puck. Uh, went right into Maurice Sider, last year's rookie of the year. And uh, I thought he was dead. Literally thought he was dead. That's how hard of a shot. They, they said they clocked at 97 or 98 miles an hour. Um, went down right away. For those that were confused about that play and why they didn't pull the whistle. It's really at the referee's discretion. I've, I've, you know, I've seen this in just playing on my own. Um, when you either need to gain possession uh, to get the whistle, or uh, the player hurt has to be in like imminent or immediate danger, which he wasn't. You know, he just blocked a shot and it hurt like hell. Uh, and I, t- I couldn't imagine what that would have felt like. I, I don't think I've ever faced a shot that hard in my life, um, and I've been playing goalie since I was twelve. So. Um, that uh, I can't. I can't imagine that's gonna. I can imagine that's gonna leave a huge mark come tomorrow, if not almost immediately. Um, feel bad for the guy, but you know he manned up and got right back on the ice. Uh, got good for him, and uh, you know, you know, Sabers kept plowing away. 
at, they didn't didn't when Maurice started uh, going down, they didn't stop playing. Uh, kept digging for the puck, and Skinner ended up uh, pushing that one home to continue his hot streak. And you know, the first two periods, Buffalo were just winning puck battles. They were winning the neutral zone. They were playing great in transition. They were you know they were playing very well off the rush. Um, their zone entries were pretty clean. They were dominating the Red Wings. They were. Um, and then you get to that third period. You kind of sat back on your heels. You allowed Detroit to get themselves back into this game. Can't allow that to happen, guys. You can't. Um, I just, uh, you know, defensively, they just had too many men- mental lapses. And it's just a shame because, you know, you played a great first 40 minutes. Um, yeah, you're going to make a mistake here and there. But then you get to that third period and just you completely shit your pants. Shit your pants. And I kind of said, I kind of, I tweeted out. I said, you know, get your shit together, Donnie. Like, what is this? You know, he waits till after they tie the game to fight. I'm calling that timeout after the third goal. No way am I waiting for the tie the game to call that timeout. I mean, regardless, it doesn't matter. We won the game. But I am absolutely calling that timeout after the third goal to calm the boys down. Because you just gave up a three-goal lead the other night uh, in, in that loss to Tampa in, in uh, overtime. And I, you're, you're on the verge of doing it again. I am calling that timeout immediately after they score the third goal. And I'm trying to calm down Detroit's momentum, even if it's just for 30, 30 seconds to a minute. Just calm it down. Um, get your get your horses in order. Um, and get back out there. And just try to continue to play the way you were the first 40 minutes. Because, you know, you can't fall into those bad habits, man. You can't. And, uh you know, disappointed in that third period up until the last couple minutes where, you know, you really showed out and you really played tough on the penalty kill, laying out the body, blocking shots. I mean, I would say 90% of Sabres fans thought that game was over in overtime or actually at the end of the game when they got the five on three uh, advantage. Like I would say, especially with how bad we've been on the penalty kill uh, over the last few games. I, I, I mean, for sure. I thought we were done or with, we want, uh, Tampa was three for four on the power play uh, the other night. And I thought for sure we were done with. There was going to be like, you know, you know, uh, so- Soderquist or whatever his name is, uh, getting his third goal of the game. Or he was going to be the captain Dylan Larkin. I just totally seen them scoring to win it there on that two-man advantage there at the end of the game. But Buffalo hung tough. They played discipline uh, in that three-man triangle. Um, they, did, they didn't find themselves chasing the puck. At all, they played. They stayed in position, block shots, and Craig came up big a couple times. So, a couple clicks for them on that uh, to preserve that at least getting that game into overtime at, in that moment. Uh, because you I mean you can't take back what happened the previous ten minutes where you blew the three goal lead. You just got to preserve what's what's right in front of you, and they did that. So, got hats off to them. Uh, got a bunch of comments here in the peanut gallery. Uh, there's Mauricio. He never lets me down. Sabers one disappoint. Sabres one disappointing win can't close out a game, not a playoff ready team, too fragile, too much panic. I talked about last game. Why didn't Granado take a timeout after four to two to reset, refocus? I agree. I mean, I said the third goal. I mean, yeah, you could take one right after the second goal too, but I think most coaches too would have probably waited until that third goal to take that timeout, Mauricio. Middle stat, lost faceoff, last Detroit goal, time to bench middle stat or trade him. Coach has no confidence in pilot. Played five minutes. No depth on defense. Agreed. You know they that Jacob that Jacob Chikrin uh, rumor is still out there. The big matzo ball uh, rumor that was uh, I think it was brought up. What is it on Thirty Two Thoughts? I believe from was it Elliot Freeman or was it Jeff Merrick? 
uh, you know, they kind of threw that out there that that was a possibility that Buffalo has been in contact with Arizona about Jeff Chicken or Jeff Chicken, Jacob Chicken to see what it would take. Let's see if that's a real thing, man, because uh, wouldn't that be cool if that were to happen sooner rather than later? Get both uh, Jacob Chicken and uh, Mr. OBJ to uh, the 716 all on the same weekend. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Uh, five defensemen playing too many minutes. Look fatigued. We need another defenseman and a trade ASAP. Unsustainable lack of depth defenseman, defenseman talent. Again, I agree. I just think that, you know, Yoki Haru is kind of, you know, in a, a top four position that I don't think he should be in. Um, I, uh, I think he's more beneficial uh, as a third pairing defenseman. And I think, you know, bringing in a guy like Jacob Chikrit, if the price is right, and you're not giving up too much, uh, would benefit this team a lot in your top four to make you more one of the more competitive teams on your blue line in this division. That's very tough. You know, you have teams like, you know, Toronto and Boston or both rolling right now. Detroit isn't a slouch either. Um, you know, I just, you know, you have these teams that are very good. And to, to add that type of depth on your blue line, I think it's important. And it's going to help your goaltending a lot too. 100% uh, Paramount pictures. If they had lost Donnie's post-game speech would have been, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong, bud. So weak in front of our own net. better job by the penalty kill, but too many penalties, almost self-destruct. Great job by the Quinn cousins, Paterica line, enjoying them together. Yeah. That, that has been a delight. Has it not been uh, seeing those three really gel as a second line? Um, I've always still been an advocate of finding a, uh, a real, uh, not a real second, not that Dylan cousins isn't going to be a second line center someday, but I've always been a huge, huge advocate of, uh, finding a veteran second line center and you could slide that line down, still play him a decent amount of minutes, but against lesser competition. And I think they'd be even more productive for you. Let them continue to grow together. And then that line would be really scary in the future. Imagine that being your one, two punch. Tage, Tuck, Skinner in your first line, and then you have that line a few years down the road really anchoring those top that, that top six. So, um, yeah, I, they've been a delight to watch. Now trade Mitz, Asplin, and try to get Trickering here. Trickering here. I agree. Um, Trickering will be a nice addition to that blue line. We'll see what Kevin Adams might have up his sleeve. Excuse me. Kind of wet the whistle. How did Cider and Bertuzzi come back after getting hit by those pucks? No one on Buffalo would have even thought of coming back out if that happened to them. Um, I wouldn't say that. Um, I think this this team does have some toughness to it. Like, if Alex Tuck got hit by that puck and he felt like he'd come back out 100% he has. Same thing with Dylan Cousins. There are a lot of players in this team that would that, that would fight through that. I don't think – I don't challenge their toughness. I just challenge their discipline. Um, and uh, – you know, maybe like, you know, their lack of edge sometimes, but in terms of toughness, I don't challenge that. Maybe, maybe there's like a, a couple players in this team that had to think twice about it, but I don't, I don't challenge their toughness at all. Um, coaching is mediocre. Two games in a row, losing leads. Where is the leadership team is psychologically weak. Can't handle adversity, more mental errors. Uh, defend, defend, check, check. Uh, agreed. I absolutely agree. I didn't realize I wasn't even bringing up these uh, these comments in the peanut gallery, so you guys know uh, I'm not just talking to myself here. Um, but no, I I agree with that for sure, Mauricio. 
Uh, as Riley and Jonesy's coaches always say, it's fucking embarrassing. Agreed. It, it is embarrassing, Steve. Very, very, very embarrassing. And I believe Steve was actually supposed to join me. I believe I forgot to invite him, so I'm going to send him the invite right now. Uh, that's my mistake. Uh, not allowing my co-host uh, to join me tonight. So, Steve, that invite has been sent. Um, hopefully you can hop on with me if it's not too late. You know, I know you're a big fan of Jack Quinn and, uh, I got to imagine, I have to imagine you have a few things to say about that. I'm calling the timeout after the second goal. That's what a competent coach does. Enough is enough. We win yet. We lose only the Buffalo Sabres lose when they win. There's a curse on the Sabres and penalties in game lack discipline to, uh, mental errors. This game almost gave me a heart attack. Tend to agree there, bud. Tend to agree. And here he is, none other than producer Steve himself. Sorry, uh, kept, you, kept you on hold there, bud, but glad to get you in. I know you're a big fan of that shootout goal, but we are not a fan of how we end up getting there, that's for sure. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, two games back-to-back where you have a lead, you can just, you know, keep the foot on the gas, the game's in your control, and you just let it slip away. Two games where... In the dying minutes, you take penalties that are completely avoidable, completely unnecessary. Um, yeah, that's just yeah, that's just a. I mean, that you know, you can be Donnie Granato, but you know, that's something that they'll learn to control as they get older. It's like, yeah, but like, you've been playing this game since you were five years old. You know, you can't take penalties yeah. in the last five minutes. That's just, you know, I'm not even a player, and I can fucking tell you that. That's just textbook. Like, come on. Yeah, you just that's gotta. Just, you, you, you gotta have. You can't, you can't do that. You got to have discipline, man. Um, you can't just sit back on your heels in that third period and just try and squeeze out a win. Keep your ga- keep your foot on the gas. You don't like you don't have to sell out offensively like you didn't like you did in the first two periods, but for God's sake, stop sitting on your heels and allowing the play to come to you. Do everything everything you were doing in those first 40 minutes. You weren't allowing Detroit to have too much time and space with the puck. Uh, every time their, the puck was getting to their point, man, you had a winger on them. Uh, you, you were doing a good job in front of your own net in the first 40. Like you were, you were taking sticks. You weren't puck watching. You were playing physical to an extent. Like, but then that, that final 20 minutes comes in and it's just like, you just have a massive brain fart and you stop playing the hockey you played in the first 40. And it, it's mind blowing, man. It is mind blowing just to see how this team is just, with the flip of a switch, turn it on and off just like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I guess you can give Darlene a little bit of latitude given that that third goal, he was trying to defend with no stick in his freaking hand. Uh, but, oh, you just proved there's no South Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can give him a little bit of latitude. And you can also give Craig a little latitude on that uh, second uh what is it, Soderquist or what What have you, that goal, yeah. it looked like Samuelson just, like, perfectly screened Craig when he got that. Yeah, he couldn't see one, that. Yeah, one-time ripper right off the face-off. You know, when you can place those right and, uh, you know, you get the benefit of a giant Samuelson screening the goalie for you. And trust that's me, it. you that's want, kind of hard to defend. You want but, that goal that slipped through the five-hole back, sure. But yeah, you want, you, you want the league to call that. How many saves did Craig make tonight where – you know, he was phenomenal. I mean, you know, that two-pad jammer glove, windmill glove save will be on ESPN tomorrow morning. Like, that's a save that most goalies aren't making, but he made it. And 
when he needed to make a timely save for Buffalo, he did. Um, and then in the final two minutes, when you you take two penalties there, uh, again being undisciplined, uh, you need your you need really to hunker down and defensively you played very well uh, against the two man advantage. You, you didn't chase. You played. You stayed within your triangle. Um, you blocked shots. You got in lanes. And Craig came up big a couple times. And uh, you know you got that game to overtime. You dominated overtime. You absolutely did. I, I would say out of the five minute out of the five minutes. And I, I'm a huge advocate. Before we get to, that, I'm a huge advocate for just expanding overtime altogether. Do like a three two one point system because I think overtime hockey three on three is so exciting. And I think it's one of the things the NHL could do to make the game more exciting and get fans, uh, you know, more amped up when games do go to overtime because the shootout is honestly becoming just such a gimmick. But it is nice to see moves like the one Jack Quinn pulled to win the game. Yeah, but look, Buffalo, yeah, look. Buffalo dominated three on three overtime. No, like no, like no doubt about it. Um, play, played smart, great played possession. I can't remember if it was Owen Power or Tage sent it back to even. Even sent it back to Craig just to keep possession. I would say out of the five minutes, Buffalo had control of that puck for at least three quarters of it. Yeah. Um, and it was that last – I think it was probably like that last 30, 45 seconds that Detroit finally got the puck. And uh, Yeah. You know, was, I, was even, I, I was even sitting at home saying to myself, it's like if you hold it on to that puck for four goddamn minutes and blow it in the last 30 seconds, yep. I swear I will okay. lose my mind. Um, um, and, uh, you know, thankfully that didn't happen. And, uh, thankfully Jack Quinn, uh, just got to repeat the move that he pulled on Bennington the other night. Just, uh, yep. wait, wait him out, wait for the goalie to commit to his stance, wait for him to bite on it. And then just, uh, hey. send that hook over there. Ned clearly yeah. wasn't watching film. That's for sure. Because uh, uh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. That I, is the movie pulled. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, it's a move that clearly worked. Uh, yep. I'm I'm kind of surprised that uh, he didn't completely lose the momentum when he had to like make the deke, but he was he was still moving forward just barely, but it was close. Like oh, that yeah. could like if he lost any more momentum than he did, that could have absolutely been one where it's like, well, his feet stopped moving, he stopped moving forward, and that one doesn't count. And it would have been a whole like five minutes coach's challenge, and it would have yeah. sucked all the air out of the room. It would have been a fucking disaster. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, thankfully, you know, Jack Quinn, this isn't his first rodeo. Uh, we, we've seen him score disgusting shootout goals like that back in Rochester with his yep. boy, JJP. God, that line is just such a fucking I, – I love it. Like, yep. I, you were saying earlier, it's like imagine that being your second. We don't have to imagine. It just is. And yep. so – and it's fucking firing, man. Like, it is, yep. it is so gonna... exactly what you want a second line to be. Every single shift, they give you 110%. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Again, again, it ends up being the second line for the entire season, which I don't see why it wouldn't be. I'm not unhappy, but I'm still a big advocate for bringing in like a a bona fide veteran second line center and sliding them down to your third pairing. You know, you still play them a decent amount during the game, and you you, you do play them against that little bit lesser competition, uh, and they probably produce even more for you. So, uh, you know, but that, I mean, that will, you know, I'm not Kevin Adams. I, that's why I don't make the big bucks. So, you know, I understand that he wants to develop his talent and give them the most, put a, give him as much ice time as possible and put in the most positions, different positions in different games, like tonight, blowing a lead and finding a way to battle back. Like, so, I mean, again, that's why again, I don't make the big bucks. Uh, we're going to bring up the highlights here. 
from tonight. Going to share a little screen action here with you. But uh, we'll start off with the big Craig Anderson save uh, from earlier tonight. Just an absolute beauty. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and Darren Penning didn't believe that he had it. He didn't believe it. Windmill Wednesday, baby. Windmill Wednesday. I still, I still stand by what I said. Being able to see that in 4K HD. This is where Cider died. <laughs> and Jeff Skinner's playing like a real, like a real goal scorer. He didn't hear a whistle. He's gonna keep going. Yep. You don't, you don't, you don't stop until you do hear a whistle. That's uh, that right there. You know, and that's not taking your foot off the gas no matter what. That's that's uh. And I, I explained it earlier. A lot of fans wondered why there wasn't a whistle. It's a, normally it, well, it's always at the ref's discretion, but ninety percent of the time, it's gonna they're gonna wait till Detroit would have possession of the puck. In that situation, uh, he wasn't in any imminent danger for you know it wasn't a head injury or a neck injury or something severe. He, he blocked the shot, hence why the whistle didn't go there. That, that second goal by Cousins was so fucking silly. Comes yep. some and just another fucking fantastic there. pass by JJ. Yeah, you see it here. I mean, just just puts it rebound. That where he finds him. Goes top shelf. You love to see it. Absolutely. Jack Quinn almost fucking picked his corner on that one too. He was like. Fucking uh, Ned there just got enough shoulder on it to send it out. But, yeah, give that a single inch to the. Single inch to the left, and that's Jack Quinn's. I don't know. I don't know what Ned was doing here. How about that celebration? Man? That that's gonna be a that's gotta be a gift, right? I was just thinking of uh, you know what that made me think of? That made me think of uh, even Stevens when him and his friend would get to bed. Look at that, so much fun! And they just jump up and down and like hyper speed. Even Stevens, Shia LaBeouf. Shot, yeah, Shia LaBeouf just freaking out. Great play here, Craig. For a bit of on one knee, sends up the boards on the penalty kill. Cousins shot out of a cannon, just absolutely H-U-S-T-L-E, hustle, uh, beats his man. And then, Ned, again, just not a good night from Nadal Trebek. He's another one of those backup goalies who has a pretty good track record of uh, making Buffalo look bad. Uh, like him, Vanacek, uh, Ryan Elliott, they've all been able to, like, just completely snake by this fast. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think we definitely got the better of Ned tonight. Uh, but yeah, in there. Uh, um, yeah, just again, just uh, we're obviously not we're not gonna subject us to watching the uh, what? No, no, just bring, yeah, no, just uh, just bring up the uh, the ten minute uh condensed game. It's fine. We'll just watch exactly. that. Yeah, we'll just watch that. It's fine. Right. So, um, who's next on the schedule? Uh, tomorrow night against the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. That'll be fun. Uh, Back at home, it'll though. Be a season, it'll be a season-low attendance uh, for that game with the Bills playing tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. Oh, I yeah, can't imagine is. there'll be a, a, a packed house tomorrow night in that arena. Yeah, that is true. But, uh, you know, there are definitely going to be some 
you know, I, I, I know a few people out there who, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, they'll be fans. They'll be fans. They'll be they got, they got a Bacara jersey in their closet, you know, so they're, re yeah. they're ready to jump on the bandwagon. So, you know, they, yeah. might, they might turn up. You know, I mean, you know, $30 hockey ticket, $300 football ticket. Sometimes your wallet's going to make the decision for you. Yeah. You might just want to watch some sports. Uh, but, yeah, yeah no. uh, it's going to be an interesting crowd for sure. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't think it's uh, any surprise that Colorado's still rolling hard. Uh, so obviously, going to be a hard game just in general, especially as a back-to-back. -back. Uh, like, who is their starting guard? It's not Francois, right? Is it Francois? Because they also have Georgiev. I don't know which one they really consider their starter. To be completely honest with you, yeah, I feel like they've kind of been given like more and forgive my ignorance i don't watch them every single night because i work at eight in the morning and i don't want to yep. be up till 2 a.m uh but i feel like they're kind of giving both of them pretty equal footing right now i don't think they're like riding one dude way harder than the other so i honestly i i'm genuinely asking i don't know which one they consider like their starting guy but it seems like we're having another one of those things like last year where uh you know your backup guy is getting the nod against the Sabres just because yeah. you know, people just don't aren't taking it seriously. And, uh, you know, I mean, you might be able to say that about the defensive core and sometimes the goaltending some nights, but uh, th that that top six, uh, you need to take that seriously as a goaltender, as a defenseman. Yep. I, uh, get, get yeah, I, I look at Colorado and they're the blueprint, right? They're the absolute blueprint. Um, with how to build a hockey team through the draft and making the correct additions. Like last year was Nazem Kadri. Uh, who else did they add to that roster? Um, uh, they added Lekkonen at the deadline. Burakovsky? Well, no, who was no, – Burakovsky went to Seattle. No, he was – yeah, he was with Seattle. Who was uh, – but it was a it was they, a had, they added Evan Rodriguez over the summer. No, no. I meant on their team last year. The, oh, team, on their team. the team that they brought on, who was – it was a Russian. Are you talking about Natushkin? No, it wasn't Natushkin. Colorado, uh, he was part of the cup run. He, uh, was it not? Was it not Burkowski or Burkow? I mean, Burkowski was there last year, but now he's yeah, been, yeah. Well, yeah, he's not with them anymore. But what I'm yeah. saying is, last year when they built that team to win the cup, they added the right pieces around oh, yes. what they drafted and what they built, and guys like McKinnon, Landis Cog, uh, Kel. Uh, uh, ugh, sorry, Kale McCarr, um, just everything they already had in place. You know, they went out and they got, you know, Devin Deus, uh from the Islanders. Sorry, Dewey Crocs. But uh, they went and made the right deals around the pieces they already had. That's the blueprint in the NHL, you know, like things that Tampa still continuously does year after year to make that team still stay competitive, somehow stay underneath the cap, uh, you know, whether it's legal or illegal. Um you know, what Chicago was able to do for all those years, um, although we all hate that franchise now. Um, and just, uh, you know, a number of other teams too. You know, what kind of what Florida has been trying to do. Uh, obviously, you know, it didn't work. Uh, now they went and made the big deal, the big splash for Matthew Kachuk. But still, like, you know, you, you build through the draft, you build through your youth, and, you know, you make the right deals, uh, the right signings in the offseason that best fit what you're building uh, through your core, through through the draft. So, I don't know. 
we hear a lot about Jacob Chikrin. I love that idea because I, I think, you know, having a tough and lot big top four in your on your blue line that that's very important. And uh, I would, I mean, again, I, I I would love to see him, him in a Sabres uniform, but I'm also not gonna shake my fist at the cloud like you know the old man meme if they don't make that deal because I can understand it's gonna it's gonna cost a lot. Uh, to to get him here, even though you have the assets to to spare, it's going to cost you a lot to get him here. Yeah, I mean it would definitely cost a lot, but I mean, yeah, I mean it does play into what you're saying. I mean there is, you know, as the very beginning of the season showed us when Samuel said Yoki Haru and Labushkin were all yeah. at at the same time, there is very clearly a need, and I know that you know people are like, well, Chickens constantly injured, so what's your point? Uh, you know, ideally you don't have the terrible luck of all four of those guys being out at once. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on top of being big and good, he is also young and cheap, uh, which, uh, you know, the cheap part, you know, that only lasts for a few more years, but the young part, uh, that's going to last for a while. And uh, that clearly seems to be a very important part of Kevin Adams blueprint mm-hmm. this lineup is to uh, focus on youth. Like, again, our oldest defenseman is Lavushkin at 28. Like, he's not an old man. But compared to, like, the rest of the blue line, he looks like an old man. But, you know, he's four, almost five years younger than I am. Yeah. Uh, he's well, not an old man. He's 100% right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got miles on those tires left to drive. But, like, yeah, I think, uh, you know, especially because you would have the luxury of being able to move Yogi Haru down to the third pairing and make that a little more, a little bit more solid, regardless of if it's with Labushkin or Pilot or Fitzgerald or maybe some other even smaller, simpler trade for a more bona fide NHL third pairing guy. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think we're all kind of over the Bryson experiment. I think yep. it's just a matter of time before more NHL caliber defensemen are perfectly healthy before Fitzgerald finally goes back to Rochester. Uh, Pilot's still a question mark. I still don't know if Donnie is I, – I don't know what it is. He just but he only had like six or seven minutes of ice time. Yeah, yeah, he didn't really have a lot of ice time tonight. So, like, even yeah. with Pilot in the lineup, he still leaned more on Fitzgerald, which, yep. again, you know, both so, sides of the aisle, both the eye test guys and the analytics guys are both kind of going – Wow. So how about that? How about this? Uh, 22 games so far this season. Buffalo has one, two, four players with 20 or more points. Oh, yeah. That's pretty, oh, yeah. That's solid. That's I like impressive. that. Yeah. Dylan, yeah. And th- the next closest guy after that is Dylan Cousins with 16 points in 22 games. Uh, you know, and after that, you go down the line, there's Victor Olson with 13, Casey Middlestead with 13. Paterka having himself a nice rookie year with 11. Uh, Owen Power with 10 points in 22 games. I think, you know, you have a good chance that you might have two guys uh, nominated for the Calder Trophy uh, in both Paterka, Owen Power, or maybe Quinn, depending on, you know, I know Quinn hasn't, you know, he's been scratched quite a a few times this season, but, you know, he's really starting to find his game. He's getting into a groove. Um, And I I fully expect him to be a consistent part of this lineup. Um, That being said, you know, Buffalo was at their tenth win of the season tonight. Uh, I believe that was their. Yes, I believe that was their tenth win. Okay, so, um, 
they're up to what now? Twenty-one points on the yep. season. Ten, they have twelve, that. and one. Uh, yep, twenty-one points 21 on the points. season. Four, five, seven percentage. That's definitely a step forward. Yep. Uh, from from previous years for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tage Thompson leading the way with twenty-eight points in twenty-two games. Darlene with twenty-four points in twenty-one games. Uh, really trying to you know stake a claim at the uh, at the Norris Trophy this year. I think. Uh, Darlene also leading the team in penalty minutes with thirty-two. Plays with a little bit more of an edge this season than we than we were used to seeing him from him in the past. So uh, again, you know, and he's a plus ten. You know. People like to say it's a meaningless stat, but you know, you'd also rather be on the positive side than the negative side of plus and minus. Uh gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Uh, you don't want it when it comes to uh the plus minus category at the end of the season. Absolutely. Uh yeah, actually, uh I think the stats you were looking for were uh twenty two games in. We are at twenty three now, and the numbers are a little oh, bit. Oh, you're nice. right, correct. Yes, yeah, right. so uh, they have an update. Yeah, so yeah, no, we still have uh, four players well within the 20s, but Dylan Cousins is now at 18 points in yep. 23 games. That puts, goals, Darlene, that puts Darlene at 26 and 22. I don't know if Tage had any points tonight. I No, he actually, he didn't, which is kind of surprising. No, he didn't. And he had a good game. He, he, like, he, yeah, no, he, he had drove a, a lot of play. He always, like I've, I've been saying this for a couple weeks now. He's he's almost guaranteed to have one of those highlight reel plays uh, that has everybody's jaws dropping almost every single game. Um, he's a fun player to watch, man. Even when he's not putting points on the board, or you know, not not padding his stats, he's always he's a fun player to watch. Yeah, uh, yeah, he definitely had a few. Uh, I mean, obviously that blast from the blue line that went into Ward Sider's kneecap uh, that wasn't really heading towards the net in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but, you know, there were a couple moves where he was, you know, trying to dangle in a phone booth and nearly pulled it off. I think uh, one of those attempts just got deflected and went up high. But, yeah, no, I mean, the hands are there, the, the, the feet are there, everything, everything's there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and, it, you know, it, all, it also does seem kind of strange that it seems like Alex Tuck has also kind of been off the score sheet for a second. But, again, I mean, he's got he's got 22 points in 23 games. He's still basically at a point per game pace yeah so like the fact that like I, yeah it just kind of seems like at least on the score sheet he hasn't been like super active in mm-hmm. a second but like yeah no like he's still constantly contributing still constantly like winning those wall battles so dudes like skinner yep. and Thompson can just you know dance through dance through the ozone and just make just embarrass people mm-hmm. you know just do what they do you know that that combination is just so perfect because like you know they got they got that one dude who's willing to go do the dirty work and then I mean, it's not like Tage and Skip, Tage and Skinner are necessarily like suited to do the dirty work, but Alex Tuck is just so good at it and so yep. effective at just winning those puck battles and winning those. Yeah, I, I love Alex Tuck's game. Like, he's yeah, not he's gonna great. you know make your jaw drop the way Tage Thompson does, but he plays a really honest, hard you know blue collar game. You know, he does have some you know high level skill. And, uh, you know, he's going to go to the areas of the ice that maybe some players normally wouldn't uh, to make a play. He'll take a hit to make a play. Um, you know, he, he's a fun, he, again, another fun player to watch and a great addition to this team after the Eichel deal last season. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm i thrilled with what we're seeing out of Alex Tuck so far this year. Yeah. 
And uh, I, got, I gotta say, uh, you know, I, I was a little bit critical when the uh, trade broke live on our on one of our broadcasts that Tyson Jones was coming to town. I was like, I honestly don't know how to feel about it. Yep. And I was, you know, Tyson as long Jones as he's on the fourth. Nice oh yeah, no, he's fitting it. He's fitting in between Kyle and Zemgus like a fucking glove, dude. He's perfect. Yep. You know, he's exactly that center that they needed. You know, he's got he's got you know he's got that hustle. Yep. He's got that jam, and he's also you know. Got nice enough hands that if somebody can, uh, you know, put one on net, you can get those rebounds. Like, I mean, there was that one sequence at the end of the game where he had like three dead to right point blank chances that he just couldn't sneak through. But like, he just wouldn't give it up. He just kept going and going yeah. and going. Three of his own rebounds back to back. Like, come on. Yeah. Donnie, like, Donnie's got to find a way to get Peyton Krebs going. That's for sure. He's got three points, seventeen games. Sometimes he's virtually invisible out there. Um, I don't know what he's got to do to get him going, but figure it out because he's I'll tell you what he's got to do. He's got to trade for Bo Horvat. He's got to trade for Bo Horvat and put Krebs on one side and ask Wonder yeah. Olsen on the other. Whichever one of those dudes hasn't been traded at that point. That so, would be the dream. <laughs> that would be yeah, the dream. Maybe that's, your, maybe that's your second, third line, and, like, it's just, you know, the Paterka-Cousins-Quinn line and that line gets played at equal times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, it would it would be a nice pipe dream if they traded for Bohor. For sure. But you know, it's it's. But you know, as we've seen with like dudes in the wrong part of their twenties, some of those dudes get way more money than they should, and uh, you know, we're still not even halfway done with their current Jeff Skinner contract. I'm not saying that Bohor man's going to get nine million in eight years, but at the same time. Does Buffalo want to inherit that if that's what the free market may potentially dictate? If yeah. he has just like an lights out, disgusting season? Because I mean, you know, like that that could be a price that somebody might be willing to pay in free agency. And I I mean, yeah, like clearly the contracts we signed this summer, you know, Tage and Samuelson, like the name of the game right now is to make sure that there's enough money to go around to make sure everybody's taken care of, but that way everyone can also stick together. And Correct. if you sign one guy for too much, that could upset the whole fucking balance. And then you got to move somebody that has no business being moved just so you can keep the rest of the boat afloat. And then you're, you know, then you're just, uh, then you're just the Islanders wishing you still had Devon Taves as he lifts a cup of Colorado. And you don't want to yep. do that, you know? Nobody wants to do that. So, nope. yeah, I mean, which I guess does segue into an interesting conversation. I know on a previous episode you were saying uh, if you sign Dylan Cousins for anything more than $5 million a year, you'd be a fool. Yeah, I mean, I just don't I, – I mean – I'm, I'm not, not trying to call you out. I'm just saying if – I'm just if saying you're not, see, you're not giving him Tage Thompson money. Oh, yeah, no, no absolutely you, not. You, you, you right. can't pay Dylan Cousins as what you're paying Tage Thompson, man. Oh no, that's not what I'm suggesting. That's not what I'm suggesting whatsoever. But I don't think you go think, much north of five million dollars. I, I really don't. All right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think I think I think an agent is probably gonna go like a you know, and and you wanna you know, the agent might not agree with that, and that's why you might see a, a, a Rasmus Darlene situation where, you know, maybe both sides agree, you know, to a bridge deal, you know, a three year deal, you know, where he gets he gets paid very good money. Um but not on the term that he wants. And it's kind of play play solid, continue to develop over these next three years. 
and then you get that big payday. So I could totally see that being a thing, but maybe that's not Kevin as MO. Maybe he wants to sign him long term at, at at a certain number, which I'm not against. I'm not against, yeah. but I just don't think he's really earned Tage Thompson money yet, man. I'm just yeah, saying. no, I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that at all. But you know, if the if the term was still there for like seven years and it was the like even if it was like five five, I wouldn't be like mad about that. Yeah, that's which you know. If that's going to be like your two C, if that's what you want to like, and ultimately, I, I just feel like Dylan Cousins is the kind of guy where like he could be one of those dudes who sticks around with the same team for a long period of time. Like he doesn't yeah. seem like he doesn't seem like the kind of individual, not even just as a player, but he just doesn't seem like the kind of individual to be just like I got to look out for number one. I got to do what's best for me. Like that dude is the epitome of a team player. So, like, if he if he believes in this core the way that it you know, at least appears that he believes in this core, like, you know, he might tell his agents, like, respectfully, it's like, yo, they're about to offer me, like, upwards of 40 mil to sign long term. I like where I'm at. I've got no reason to move. And if I sign a long term deal for less money than I might be worth mm-hmm. in free agency, even if things go tits up, like, that's a pretty easy contract to move. I can find a new home. But, like, yeah. I want to be here right now. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I don't want to do yeah it's not just about me myself and i it's about us and uh you know ultimately we'll see uh we'll see just how much influence his agent has we'll see uh how much he wants to be here i think that contract is actually going to say a lot about the the core of this team you know i mean agent's job is because they're obviously they're getting paid off a percentage of every contract they sign a player to so i mean the agent definitely will have a big say in it um for sure but uh, moving on from that, before we uh, we, we get uh, get done here for the night, because I am ready to wind down myself, <laughs> uh, we will cut over to the highlight of the game. Uh, let me bring up one last time screen, uh, screen share. I can't even talk. I'm so tired. Uh, screen share with you guys one last time. The shootout goal from Jack Quinn. Completely. Oh, let, let, can, we put, can we put this on like 0.5 speed? I just want to see it in slow motion. Yeah. So we don't actually have to, but God, that would be. Well, if, you know, let me let me play it. Just a minute tonight is for the Buffalo Sabres and for Jack Quinn. Oh, he scores <laughs> to win it! What and a fantastic move by Jack Quinn and Buffalo Ball five falling. four over Detroit. That is kind of patient See why he was a top 10 pick in the NHL draft. Oh my goodness, the fake shot right there. And it comes back and now he's looking That Altravix jock is somewhere up the middle of the that. That's why you don't wear 39 against Buffalo. He's trying to do the splits here to his left. I mean, that's a good one. Especially when 39 spent a good amount of time in Detroit. Like, how, how can you uh, tarnish the legacy? I agree. He helped you guys get a cup, if I'm not mistaken. You did twice. Yeah. What are you doing? With that being said, Steve, I got nothing left. Uh, always great having you on for all hang up and listen. Always uh, a good time. With that being said, this has been brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on Georgian Boulevard. Uh, get it for all your receivers. Game night, Phil's game day, or game night, primetime game night needs over to outlet liquor 
Um, I am Dwayne, producer Steve. Uh, this has been another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. You guys have a great night, and let's go Sabres. Let's go Bills. Let's go Bills. Let's go Buffalo. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.